Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sorry. Sorry. Apologies. Piss off. <laughs> Marcus! It's, it's the football ramble. Like Cleopatra coming at you. James or Jim's here. Hi. Pete's here. Don't shout in your microphone, thank you. Sorry. Hi. And uh, Lukey Moore is here. All right. Gentlemen, who is your... And this is a, inspired by an email from Tim in Virginia. Who is your favourite moustached player of all time? Hmm. I'm going to jump straight in and I'm going to say Soonis because that's a Good. hard moustache. That is a real hard <laughs> bastard's moustache. You can look very strange with that little sort of permy bit on the top of your lip like he had, but it just made him look even scarier for some reason. Well done. Possibly the And well point. done to you. That's, and Tim. <laughs> well done to Tim. Um, and well done to Soonis' face. Mm, the points could be going your way, but Pete or um, Luke, who I, have you guys got? I'm kind of between Aldridge and Rush because they were kind mm. of the same fellas. Because Aldridge, <laughs> Aldridge lost his moustache. <laughs> they really were, actually. Yeah, <laughs> it's very true. But they, uh, Aldridge lost his moustache a little while in, but Rush just kept it, going. We didn't lose it. shaved it off. Well, uh, presumably, yeah, yeah, but we well, don't uh, know, that do is we? a presumption. God I, giveth, I, God taketh I'll tell you what I'm going for. I'll just give you a clue. He hasn't got his straps, Ray. Oh, <laughs> oh, Mark Lawrenson. No, Brian Kilcock. No, yeah, Mark Lawrenson. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Mark Lawrenson. Because he, yeah, I can't think of anyone else. So. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me like that. He's got notable hair and a notable moustache. I mm. think. Yeah, did he shave his tash off because Bolton stayed up? Yeah, something stupid. Wasn't like yeah, that's right. Something off. insipid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> insipid. Well. Uh, that's that one done. Who Lo- gets the points? Uh, James did. Yes! Oh, what? Um, lots I never of, want it. I never want it. Lots of insipid things were going on in the Champions League between Chelsea and Barcelona. Um, were <laughs> That's Chelsea, an inspired link. <laughs> were Chelsea incredibly hard done by gents? I think they were a little bit hard mm. done by, but I think the way they behaved negated that. Yeah. So, We've had loads of emails about this. Yeah, this has been a real, real sort of... It's been a talking talk, James, hasn't it? <laughs> um, but, you, I mean, you, looking back at the first leg as well, I mean, Barcelona undeniably denied a penalty. Yeah. Um, but over the course of two games, there's so many different things happen that it's hard to sort of find that balance. I mean, two of those penalty claims uh, seem legitimate, really. I think John Terry saying, oh, the referee missed six or seven claims. He's just made some of those yeah, ones yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's, um, yeah. The, yeah, the reaction was just disgraceful. I know Chelsea have been sort of pilloried all over the place, but some of those players really need to have a look at themselves. Well, I think that, I think that um, one for me, I'm going to disagree slightly. One of the penalties was definitely for me, the PK handball. Like the first one against Maluda. PK pretty much admitted it after the game. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We, we handball. He was banged it. right. Yeah. Side, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, the the um, the Maluda Danny Alves one for me was you know questionable. I could see why the referee made the decision he made. The dropper one. Dropper knows that he, he he makes a rod for his own back by diving around the mm, place. Yeah. So he's not going to get all of those all the time because that's the way he is. Um, and I forget the other. What was the other one? I can't remember. It was a Balak in the last oh, the Balak nine in, seconds. I don't think that was yeah. a massive. That's Etu though, wasn't it? Where it, yeah. his, was it his, so arm, his arm? Like his chest, sort of yeah, 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 armpit yeah. area. I mean, he smashed it right <laughs> from point blank. Well, I mean, Balak was lucky to even be on the pitch, considering. Oh, yeah. Did he rake someone's eyes in the first leg? And yeah, he, he put a massive reducer in on. Um, in the Esther as well. Well, there was yeah. talk, uh, people were saying Balak could have been sent off in the first leg, but I thought the worst decision of the second leg at Stamford Bridge was the sending off of Abidal. Yeah. And a lot of people forgot about that when they were moaning about the penalties. I thought, well, actually, you're playing 10 men. I mean, really, Chelsea lost that game because they missed the chances. Because and they will not learn. <laughs> well, just, they, 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 if you're going to just yeah. score one home goal and expect to just park the bus in front of yeah. the goal, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And they just expect... 
What do you What do you expect? Yeah, well, I mean, you, if you're openly inviting attacks by playing that way, which is what you're from doing from Barcelona, there, yeah, then yeah. you know, <laughs> if you if you do concede a goal, then you can't complain. I know, obviously, the complaints are that they they should have had the chances to put the game to bed with the, the penalties and that, but I think their game plan was such that. They were just they were just mugged basically. It was smash and grab right <laughs> at the end. I can't remember if we talked about it on the last show after the first leg, but I remember thinking or saying to one of you boys ever on the show or not, I can't remember that if you defend that way uh, in the first leg and don't even try and attempt to get an away goal, you know, don't be surprised if you get your pocket picked in the second. Yeah, that's right. They've right, yeah. had some decisions to go against them, but so have, so have Barcelona in the first leg and they were the sending off of Abadal. Yeah, and the referee. Had a poor game, isn't it? About that, but I, th- I think the reaction was an overreaction. And I think mm. that the way Drogba and Balak in particular behaved was absolutely deplorable. And, mm. I, and I think you know th- they should have the book thrown in for that. So. Absolutely. But I mean, there's, to- there's really. I mean, this is an overreaction, but there was there's talk on a uh, there was an article on the Guardian website about Chelsea actually being banned from Europe next season over it, which is a sort of really that. really. That's, that was Richard Williams, uh, the yeah. Guardian, wasn't it? So uh, over the top, but I, I do think that, you know I do think there needs to be some sort of sanctions there because this this whole campaign about mm. respect for the referees that's just. It's just not even taken off, well, is it? Apparently the referee, he was understood to have been smuggled out the country yeah. by police. <laughs> but but the, the, I don't think... You see, a lot of people say, why was this referee put on, on such a high-profile game? C- considering Chelsea-Barcelona has had problems in the past, Andres Frisk um, pretty mm. much finished refereeing after that when Mourinho, when he was in charge of Chelsea, yeah. was uh, saying it's he... He's always English, all English. Too. As Meyer yeah. as well. But the um, Sun published his fucking phone number. Yeah. That's right, but uh, but in, in Euro 2008... Um, the Italian FA demanded an apology uh, from UEFA after Tom Henning... Overebo. Uh, thank you. Um, he incorrectly ruled out a goal by Luca Toni, and he apologised, and he was, he's was he been taken off um, international tournament uh, matches. Right. So right. why is he given a semi-final of such prestige? I, I, think, yeah. I, I think... OK, yeah, that's fine. I wasn't aware of that, actually. And, and, but I, I don't think he's a poor... But that's what they tried to make out. I mean, Jamie Redup in particular. I mean, it's you know, one of the only... Poor Jamie, he was beside himself on that. <laughs> so most I've ever, it's the only emotion I've ever seen him at, that, that his cousin Frank didn't get to a Champions League final. Mm. I mean, it's like he's living his football career vicariously through Arsenal Spurs. He always gets a bit upset about. <laughs> yeah. oh, but he, he was saying that he, the reason he was saying that it was a poor performance by the referee, which it was. But he was saying it was a poor performance because he's from Norway. I mean, just because you well, get uh, plenty of good footballers from all over the place. Well, of course you, you do. Get referees from different countries as well. George well, Ware's from you know George Ware's from Liberia. He's still a pretty good footballer. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Well, that, I mean that's a, a very silly point. And, and Roy Hodgson, uh, good old Roy the boy, has come out and said that um, he's obviously condemned the death threats um, made to the Norwegian referee. Um, but but Hodgson, who has worked worked in Sweden, Switzerland, Italy, Denmark. You mean Roy Hodgson? Roy Hodgson Roy, and yeah. Finland during his, his very vast uh, managerial career. He's, <laughs> he's defending the, the rights of the smaller countries, to uh, you know, as, yeah. as one should. He's he a said, champion of the people of Europe. Exactly, <laughs> He's a citizen of Europe. And, he is. Uh, as, as are we all. And um, he said... Roy said, do you want to go down the Jamie Redknapp route? Only England, Italy and Spain count. Everywhere else is no good. There's 60 countries in Europe. Do we say to the other 57, sorry, pal, you're not Premier League. Yeah. Norway Norway is good enough. The average crowd in Norway is 15,000, and that is in a country of 4 million people. The average attendance for a football match in this country is 25,000, and that's of a country of 60 million people. Yeah. He said, so what are we going to do in in the future? Just because the Premier League has Sky Sports, Sky Sports behind them and has got loads of money, do we forget about the rest? You know, Do we say to France, Poland, Russia, Austria and and, and Slovenia, you don't count, it's all nonsense? Of course not. Good on him for saying well, that. Well, yeah, right. we like Roy, we like Roy, we do. Man. But the fact that Jamie Redknapp said that is, is, you know, imagine saying that about an African referee. Oh yeah, he's rubbish because he's from Mali or whatever. You mm. get away with saying that. It's nothing to do with where he's from. He had a poor game. You know, he didn't I mean, have a poor game on purpose, and he certainly wasn't uh, a sort of um, big player in some sort of corruption thing against against Chelsea. It's just a sort of an indication of the boys' club that does exist at Sky that he's incapable of being level-headed and objective. When the point of being a pundit is to be level-headed and objective. Absolutely. Well, I, you know, saying when I first saw it, I, I was um, I was actually thinking to myself, he's in danger of breaching the broadcasting. Yeah, here, saying that. Absolutely. Love to love to the mark on more than one occasion on the six oh six. But Gra- Graham soon has hinted. He said, "Well, I know we've got to be careful," but he said, "UEFA will be very happy. An English club is, not, you know, there's not two English clubs." Soon in the 
said that as well. Mm. Yeah, he did. I was like, what? Hang on, Graham. Do you know? What I mean? Oh, sorry, you're saying Sula said that. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, 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 I remember that as well. You know, you look there's at, you one look more at, point I've got to make. Sorry, go on. That's right. You look at Redknapp after the game and you think, and then you flick onto the 606 and you listen to Lovejoy. Two ridiculously biased broadcasters. Mm. One because his cousin plays for Chelsea. One, another because he's a massive openly Chelsea fan. Is that the state of the sports broadcasting media <laughs> yeah. in this country? The, 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 no, it's not because the Rambler here. Well, yeah. that's what we're here. Here we are. You know, that's, this, is a, this is a reaction. This is like punk to prom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you only have to look at what Pete thinks about Newcastle. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but I, th- I think that, you know, someone, uh, someone from another country was here on holiday and they watched the Sky Sports coverage and they flicked over and listened to the 606. No. You beside mm. yourself. No. I mean, yeah. You've they- got to have some sort of, you know... Unbiased sort of voice on it. You can't just go onto it. And it, by the way, if yeah. Lovejoy is such a big fan of Chelsea, what the fuck is he doing this show anyway? Yeah. He should be at the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they rotate the show. There's no reason for him to be there. It's literally unbelievable, Luke. I yeah. mean, what sort of referee can manage a game when he only talks foreign? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Something I would like to point out. Um, I'd like to give John Terry a lot of praise, actually. And you're probably looking at me why. But in amongst all this uh, Champions League madness. He went into the Barcelona changing room after the game and shook hands with all the Barca players and wished them all the best for the final. Uh, Pep Guardiola couldn't believe. He said it was mm. absolutely superb. Um, and Xavi said, I can quote him, he said, I will always remember John Terry coming into our changing room and congratulating us all one by one. It was great to see that professionals like this are about. Shouldn't he be doing that anyway? Yeah. Well, yeah, credit but after, no, but hang on a minute. After, credit, I, I just can't after say such <laughs> a, a big game like that, when emotions are running seriously high for him to do that, I think that's I think that's really good. But wasn't actually. he haranguing the referee with Drogba at one point? And he then, was and then no, he was. Back, I, he, but I think that was after yeah. Drogba and him went after went after the referee anyway, yeah. and I think he got involved in dragging Drogba back. I was, I, no, I think I think John Terry. Well, he, I don't think everybody does do it because if if Xavi no, I'm and, saying they should. I'm not saying everyone does it. Well, I think I think I think John Terry deserves a bit of credit there, and it's nice to see the England captain is is leading by example. <laughs> give him credit. You can't dis- well, I'll give dis- him credit for doing what saying he should be doing anyway as a club captain. And whether people do it or not anymore, it's regardless, he should. Well, do obviously, it. but it's it's you know for for some of the you know Pep Guardiola and, and Xavi to come out and go that's absolutely amazing, great attitude and so on. He obviously. did do a piss in the corner though. At, at one <laughs> yeah. Well, you know that was just that was one that was one all. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, no, fair play, fair play. It, it right, does fine. set up an interesting final though. The result. I mean, it's, it's the most, it's the best final. Yeah, it? it's a really. It, I do think it's the two best teams in the world. It's you know you can argue legitimately. And, yeah, uh, it's, it should it's a be shame that some players are going to miss out Alves yeah. and Abadal Fletcher as well it's weird because Al- Alves is probably deservedly but Abadal and Fletcher are going to miss out probably undeservedly yeah. well I thought I thought when Barca were going to appeal for Alves and Abadal I thought that's ruined Fletcher's chances if he had any chances they never turn him over anyway do they no, no but, Al- but I mean, Alves they is should a, was... look at doing it I mean their excuse for Fletcher's not getting turned over was yeah. that Man United didn't like appeal in time yeah, they, like... can't, they can't, they, can't no. just, they can't set a precedent they, got, they can only do it in terms of a mistake of identity they've got to back the ref they only, they only do it if the ref says I've made a mistake or it's mistaken identity last Scotsman well, last Scotsman to play a Champions League final it's Paul Lambert oh fuck it's Paul Lambert <laughs> <laughs> Paul Lombard direct. Um, uh, the uh, the semi final between Arsenal and uh, Man United was uh, humbling. Yeah, oh, yeah, from where I was sitting. Arsenal, Arsenal are, are really, really off the pace yeah, now. Just they are unbelievable. Battered black and blue. Yeah, I remember the game they played a couple of weeks ago. The only player to be still playing for them since the team who last won the title was Carlo Torre. Yeah. That it, shows it you how the turnover playing stuff there is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean that team was very quickly dismantled, and a lot of sort of younger players brought through. But yeah, well, just sticking with Barcelona, uh, just a tiny bit more. Um, Real Madrid got thumped by them <laughs> at the Bernabeu, and it was a joy to watch. <laughs> it really was unbelievable. Yeah, apart. Game, yeah. <laughs> Because it was the Barca same. Could have had more. They legitimately could have had oh, yeah. more. Could have had ten. It, yeah. it was the same night Ricky Hatton lost, and I kind of thought, ah, what well, that kind of made up for that d- yeah. disappointment. You know, yeah, it kind yeah, of cancelled yeah. that out. Um, it was funny after after that match. Gus Hiddink said about Barca's performance, it was a respectable performance. <laughs> Whereas, 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 uh, Sarax Ferguson said Barcelona have fantastic players, and I watched them on Saturday night. I was absolutely drooling watching it. Who said that? It was a magnificent Alex Ferguson. Alex Ferguson. Yeah, you know, I mean, I know you don't want me to talk about Tim Lovejoy too much, but um, Tim Lovejoy said that um, Real Madrid, the current Real Madrid side, the Ramos. The worst Real Madrid side of all time. Yeah, but oh. that, he's only dating back to 1992 yeah, when exactly. he thinks football started. Uh, you know what he said? This is a direct quote. This is a direct quote. Um, and you know, and they're managed by one day Ramos. So, uh, and we all know how bad he is. Oh my! Do you think goodness. people try to start fights with Tim Lovejoy a lot, just in his life? I'd like to think so. Yeah. Do, do you know that Madrid side had 
had uh, gained 52 points from a possible 54 before that basket. Yeah, no, and they're on a phenomenal run. Yeah. So the worst side Lato ever. What a cretinous thing to say. Tim Lovejoy was the last English manager to win back-to-back European trophies. It was Ramos at Seville in Spain. Uh, who was the last English manager to do it? He wouldn't know. Brian Clough. But you don't judge someone's managerial career in the six months they spent at a London club. Definitely. He's managed 12 clubs or something. And it was yeah. Spurs. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know. Speaking oh, of which, I, I'm, uh, I'm going to annoy you slightly here, Luke, but I think Harry Redknapp's done pretty well since he joined there. Well, he's taken them out of a really, really dire situation. Because... And put them where they should be. Yeah, yeah. But he's also... But, I mean, you know, they had a terrible, terrible start, and he was really handicapped by that. You've, you've surely got to give yeah, him credit Yeah, they had a there. terrible start, and he came in and did well. Then, then he had an awful spell, yeah. and they just picked up again. But the bottom line is... Which is typical of both of them, really. They really are sort of a match <laughs> made in heaven. I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to take anything away from him, because it, but all he's done is he's put them where they should be. But the way he conducted himself when they were on that little bit of a slide... Just blaming the players, <laughs> just really ringing them, hanging them out to dry. My wife yeah. could have scored that. But I mean, he, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I've ever said that Redknapp's a bad manager. No, 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 I'm not, not saying that, that you have. One thing that he will be introducing next season is a drinking ban at Tottenham Hotspur because of uh, Ledley King being a bit silly. <sighs> Nicholas Bentner's also been a bit yeah. silly, hasn't he? But at he? least Ledley, Ledley King had his trousers on. <laughs> well, apparently not. Apparently, not. apparently Ledley King was seen, which is allegedly... Was um was led out of the police cell in the morning after mm. with his trousers stinking of piss, and he was arrested with his jeans around his knees. That's because John Terry pissed <laughs> on him. <laughs> so he's not exactly that so much no. more. Don't make that so much more dignified than Nicholas Jesus. <laughs> If you were that bouncer, wouldn't you just kick Ledley King in the knee? Like, given that oh, bouncers yeah. are just basically <laughs> allowed to do that sort of thing yeah, and just get away yeah, with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think that, um, you know, you, you're throwing the baby out of the bathwater there. I'm sure there's plenty of French footballers uh, in the league who enjoy a glass of wine with their dinner. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. I think it's the, probably the English drinking culture to blame. And, and Redknapp has <laughs> always been a massive proponent of, of team spirit and drinking. Oh, yeah. I know that for a fact. So I don't know what his motivation is for saying this, but, I mean, it's his responsibility to keep his players in line. And it's also nothing to do with him what his players do outside of... Um, Outside of football, anyway, they're, they're employees of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. It's not g- employees of his. It's, gonna, it's, gonna be, it's only going to open a massive Pandora's box because you're going to get absolute just crowds and crowds of paparazzi following every yeah. Spurs player yeah. into mm. every nightclub and out of every nightclub. It's ridiculous. And, and, and somebody was, I was listening to the radio today and somebody said that professional contracts usually have a stipulation that you're not allowed in licensed premises oh, did 48, okay. hours, oh, before, 48 hours before or a match after, anyway, yeah, or okay, before or after, so you, so you shouldn't really be in one. Oh, which, if he's uh, contract, anyway, so, throw the book at him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you think Rubinho's got one that says he's not allowed to be in <laughs> Brazil 48 hours before a match? My favourite bit about that whole story of King is like Ledley King's to say the least flimsy grasp of justice in the UK the UK <laughs> justice system apparently one of his quotes was boss man boss man let me out of this cell I don't deserve to be in here I'm rich <laughs> <laughs> he said he supposedly allegedly said something like that to the bouncer didn't he he's like oh I'm, I'm a big rich man yeah you were your, your 10 pound job let me in 10 lo- pound job yeah I love like let a 10 pound in. an hour job that's right <laughs> oh, I love loose at paraphrasing least. in the press does he think he's at actually least. a king <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what his mum's holding when Ledley, he's the you're, king. My, you're my little king. You're my little king. Adriano's the king. We all know that. The emperor. <laughs> oh dear. Well, if we're gonna if we're gonna quote them, then uh, Nicholas Bentner also said uh, oh, recently, "Where are my trousers?" <laughs> he, said, he said, "I should wear trousers every week. <laughs> I should wear a belt." <laughs> I, appear to have lost, I appear to have lost my trousers along with my first touch. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I came out without either. <laughs> he said, "I know I can be one of the best in the world. I have no doubt that this will happen." So that's why. I take it easy. Bentner's got 15 <laughs> goals this season. Yeah, great attitude there, yeah. Nicholas. Yeah, but two of those were against Portsmouth, I think. Yeah. So, <laughs> they don't count. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's not a bad tally, though, for Bentner. No, isn't it? actually. It's a good header against Chelsea. Mm. Bentner's, Bentner's not an absolutely abysmal player. He's just one of those players that makes it easy to look bad, if you know what I mean. Mm, he's a dislikable so. chap. Yeah, and he, he very, very much oh, he's is a, complete a dislikable well. chap. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> two different ways of putting it there. I think the thing is, I mean... When, when we first started talking about Bentner, and he said, oh, yeah, I should be playing every game, I sort of gave him the benefit of the doubt in my head, thinking that maybe he's saying, with his ability, he feels he should be playing every game, as if he works hard, he'll be there. Yeah. I thought it might have been a mistranslation. Now I've absolutely no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> if he's yeah. saying, yeah, yeah, I don't mind going out on the lash, because obviously I'm going to be really good. So you've got to make that happen, you yeah, brat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. Brat. <laughs> Cutting. Cutting. <Yeah. laughs> 
Newcastle have won a game. Oh, oh we're late. Peter, I'm looking at you for this bit. 90 minutes of football. <laughs> we managed it after a not-so-bright start. Alan Shearer's shit-eating grin was one of the low-lights low of the week for me. <laughs> it was a... It was a it, there was some good... Uh, there was a good couple of uh, goals scored. I thought Taylor's uh, header was very strong. That was a good was, header. was a good it, header. But it seemed to mirror the exact same way that... Oh, I can't remember who scored against us. It was Liverpool. One player held... Yeah, And Newcastle just copied that and Stevenson Taylor scored. Well, they've learned from their mistakes, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you can ask for, really. And, My, uh, yeah. I thought Viduka was fantastic. And, he got man um, of the match. Yeah. And, it, well, basically, what we've learned from that game is in a must-win game to avoid relegation, it always helps to be up against a team who are worse than you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and, yeah. and it was like... It was like um, and they lived up to his billing of being the desperation derby. Yeah. When um, the first old goal went in, own goal, comedy own goal as well. We battled oh, the keeper onto the defender, like rolled in the net. Who have Newcastle got to play? Because Very I think Fulham, people... at, uh, Fulham at home, and then we've got Villa, Villa on the last day. <sighs> and it's away, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, but Hull, Hull can't buy a win. So they as long win. as Hull keep losing. Well, well Hull have got point. United at home on the last day. Now, United may have won the league by then and might rest players for the Champions League, but still, yeah, yeah. you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't fancy Hull them for that. have got eight points since December, the first week of December. It's been oh, incredible, because I remember we were obviously singing their praises at the yeah. start of the season. It's been a season. It's been a spectacular collapse. I think when Phil Brown took his players out on the pitch at half-time to dig them out, it, yeah, it just they do really seem to have last night lost the, it all sort of oh, togetherness. It's, it's, mm. Yeah, last, but last just disjointed. night it's the first time they've been in the relegations on the season. Yeah, it's yeah, two games left. It what is. timing? I was, I was loving it. Uh, West Brom suddenly. There's a yeah. tiny. I mean, it's <laughs> not going to happen. Everyone's on thirty-one. It's really. I know. Yeah. It's suddenly like, hang on, they're on the same points as a couple of other teams. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank Christ for our um, all of our one-all, nil-nil draws because that sorted sorted out our uh, goal difference. Yeah. <laughs> Chronic. Oh, yeah, yeah, been, exactly. I'd love it if West Brom managed it. I mean, I don't well, think it'll happen it, in a million. They did it not long ago, didn't they? And the, the Germany is a team that sort of has a Pompey, resurgence at the Pompey end of the Pompey season. Took, allegedly took a massive buy against West Brom to send Southampton down. Hey, <laughs> 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 cracking. <laughs> um, but I thought, um, did you did you see the highlights? West Brom v Wigan. Dean Kiley was magnificent. Yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah, he, that was his first league start of the season, wasn't it? Carlson's was... been dropped, hasn't he? Yeah, Dean Kiley was Carson's different. Had class. A shocker recently. Uh, well, yeah, well, obviously, maybe, maybe I didn't know that. But and, I mean, and Kingston, sorry, who came on for Wigan in goal, he was brilliant. It was a superb <laughs> display of goalkeeping in that game. <laughs> Kylie was at Pommy for a while. He's not a bad keeper. He's, mm. he's old now, but he's still got it. Well, well he, he was. He was. He was brilliant. The sort of reliability that you need, though. He was brilliant. Got that like old head on shoulders or something. Yeah, a bit mm. of experience. In the playoffs, one of the most ridiculous things I saw on last weekend's action was when BK I got sent off. That's the second time he's done that. For Reading. Do you remember in the semi-final the of African, the African Cup of Nations, Cameroon... He um, pushed a medic over. Cameroon... <laughs> Cameroon <laughs> were, the final. were playing Ghana. Then a medic came <laughs> on. Uh, the medics came on to do, sort out a player. And it was... Uh, why did he do that? He went mental. He, he did. He pushed... Mental. As you say, he pushed a medic over. And so then what, he missed and he out... Did this again. Straight, straight, no, well, no, he, he, um, he got sent off right... Fairly. Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. And he just, the referee pulled out the card and he just went absolutely... Absolutely erupted. He did a complete head case, ripped his shirt off and just started sort of stamping round in a circle. Incredible hole. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. It was bizarre. Ross Wallace got sent off, didn't he, recently, for um, for Preston. Was it for Preston? Because he got booked (laughs) taking his shirt off and then got sent off. Oh, yeah, he was second yellow, yeah. So stupid. Yeah, it was strange. I don't understand the point of that. Why do players still... The point of the rule, apparently, is it's a FIFA directive and it's because um, bare flesh is seen as offensive in some countries. (laughs) But But they've all got vests on underneath anyway. But why do the players keep doing it? They know they're going to get booked. It's weird. Uh, I mean, I think think the only time you could not excuse it but sort of understand it is if it's like last minute or something and it's an equaliser against your rivals and you just go completely mental. (laughs) And Rosa Niesta? Like like India. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That was such... I mean, yeah, that... That's that's a silly thing to do. If you know you've already been booked, you know, the manager must be going spare. Yeah, yeah, you can't you can't have that really. But you know, it's not the whole thing. I know the yellow card came in for them going into the crowd because it causes injury and stuff like that. Yeah, but I didn't know why the, the shirt being removed rule was in place. But, but how now many, I do, how many, James. How many, yeah. That's brilliant. How mm. many countries is it offensive to? Like what fourteen? Some Middle Eastern countries, apparently. I'm not sure. But I mean. I'd, I'd argue yeah. that that's just a financial concern for the Premier League, is it? Is that, is Probably, that yeah. Po- yeah, like possible. It? Well, it's from FIFA, though. So I, 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 yeah. I think FIFA, even knowing yeah. that, even knowing that, I think it's a stupid rule. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> footballers generally don't wear that much clothing anyway. Well, no, legs, see a lot of their legs. Absolutely, yeah. That's why I watch it. <laughs> yeah. 
Stephen Ireland has come out recently and said he would like to achieve at City what Paul Scholes and Ryan Giggs have done at United. Um, he said they they have been fantastic servants to the club and won cupboards full of medals. Those two United players are legends, and that is a path I want to follow. In he fact, doesn't want to win it with Ireland, though, does he? That's right. No. And, and in fact, one of my aims, he says, is my to... aim is to play for England now. <laughs> <laughs> he said one of my aims is to play so well for so long here that I have a stand named after me. <laughs> Yeah, which you then decorate black with pink trim. <laughs> <laughs> I want to emulate Ryan Giggs with my hair. <laughs> well, uh, what do you want me to say? I d- <laughs> Stephen Ireland's Nan's memorial stand. Oh, <laughs> dear. You should oh, that, that one, the other one. <laughs> <laughs> you, should be a, you should be able to uh, reach for the stars and not be criticised. That's what I think. Oh, oh, I think, that's I think you, you three are being very cruel to a very, <laughs> a very bald man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just because you're growing your hair now, yeah. you can be, uh... somebody can grow his hair. <laughs> somebody can. Is that a thinly veiled side shot of Stephen Ireland? And he knows it. <laughs> the Premier League is uh, going to tighten up the fit and proper persons test for, for club owners. Perhaps they've been listening to the podcast. Yeah. Did, did I, am I right in saying that up until this point, mm-hmm. they didn't check? Any criminal convictions for chairman until after they bought the club? <laughs> I think there's something. And like now that. they're changing that. And now this is like some. Sort they're just of, not going to check. This is some sort of like bureaucratic masterstroke. Well, yeah. well, this is in a. In well a, done, Brussels. Yeah. This is in response to um, a series of government questions um, over the, the top flight's uh, re- regulatory powers. Was the first one just what are you doing? Well, <laughs> yeah. I love this. A key change will see owners assessed before they take control of a club. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's unbelievable. Uh, well, I see an end of the reign of financial f- fucking ludicrousness. Well, yeah. ten years ago, they had 322 rules in place. Now there's 777. And I thought they were being tough on racism. Yeah. <laughs> They're being really tough here. <laughs> didn't, they, didn't, didn't the guy, um, the um, sports minister, say that, um, they to, that the Premier League needs to reassess its relationship with money? Well, I... Well, it does. Whether he said it or not, no, it does. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure he said that. Uh, he said uh, there is also going to be a test um, that says if the UK, gov- the UK government says that you're not fit to be a businessman in this country, then you're not allowed to own a football well, club. That's but basically, basically, why yeah, is that rule not already in? Excuse me for not giving them credit for something that should have happened <laughs> at the inception of the Premier League, or even the, the inception of the professional game. Yeah. You know, it's absolutely ridiculous. But yeah. that's, that's just... That, it, that shouldn't need to be a rule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is it, James. Yeah. I oh. mean, technically, if you're a chairman of a football club, you are an English business... You're a businessman yeah. yeah, in the country, so... Yeah. Absolutely. I, 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 would you want to, yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. It's just... It's <laughs> pointless. That, and, and the guy actually... From now on, no person's deceased can buy football <laughs> clubs. Yeah. No people with, with no hands can, um, can play the guitar... No, <laughs> not an exact comparison. No, but I but see no what you mean. Cats. I mean, I, I mean, it was a very, it's very complicated what they've been going through. There were seven points I think the sports minister wanted raised, but I, I mean, without going to them in shockingly boring detail, <laughs> I think David Conn and a couple of other sort of respected football journalists have, have, have said that you know this is you know, de- this is nothing. They've not done anything they've been asked to do. They've they've done a few made a few token gestures to to appease the government, mm. and that's pretty much all they're going to do and all they've continued to do. So, I mean. Things like that, like Jimbo rightly says, it shouldn't even need to be a rule for it. That's that's the way it should be. It's just be basic anyway. common sense, isn't it? It's like saying you, should, you can't be a footballer if you've got no ability. Yeah. <laughs> well, good, that's fine. You don't need a rule to say that. You know, that, that's that's the way it should be anyway. Mind you, supporters of Portsmouth may disagree with that. <laughs> Email. <laughs> uh, one of your best. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Um, he loves the word emails. Hello, Ramblers. Uh, just wanted to let you know that Robbie Fowler is still a fat bastard up in Queensland. Since his signing, all plastic scousers are now supporting North Queensland Fury. Don't know if this is actually helpful or useful, but I remember you mentioning him last time, so I felt that I had to inform you of his heft. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's from Mick in Australia. Thank Thank you, nice. that's Great a, use of the word heft. I actually, like, I actually like Robbie Fowler, so... Uh, yeah, we like him. Enough. Like him. Um... Next one. Hi, Ramblers. I'd like your opinion on something that my brother and I have been in disagreement about all season. Long throw-ins in the Roy Delap style. My brother thinks it's basically cheating and not in the spirit of the game. I think it's a skill like any other, and if he spent time developing it, then fair play. 
Thoughts? Well, if it's going to be something that's not in the spirit of the game, I think you can start in a better place than long throwing. Mm. <laughs> it's essentially the same as kicking it high up in the air. Yeah. What he means is, what he means is, it's not in the spirit of the game. What he means by that is, he personally doesn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's not cheating on any level. No. no. I think no. you're you're correct, mate. <laughs> Your brother is wrong. So James, not Jim, is correct there. Next one. Hello all. Um, I spent a long weekend recently on a stag when nearly everyone else was a West Ham fan. There was one Gooner, which was me, one Liverpool fan, an Orient fan and a Spurs fan. On the last night we did pub golf and everyone had to bring a silly item of clothing for the stag to wear. Tony, the uh, Spurs fan, made the stag wear his Spurs shirt, the stag being uh, a, a rampant harsh. whammer, as harsh. he's put him. Harsh. Um, Very to- harsh. So Tony, the Spurs fan, thought he'd pulled off a hilarious jape. Sadly, it backfired when the other whammers... That's uh, West Ham fans. Uh, snapped over the issue and started ripping the shirt off the stag halfway through the <laughs> One actually got the, the cock on the badge between his teeth and bit it off. <laughs> <laughs> they, they then dropped the bits on the floor and set them on fire. <laughs> there, was a, there was a little tear in Tony's eye. Everyone else was dead chuffed. We had nothing else in common... Uh, but we all hated Spurs. And then they had sex. No, that didn't happen, <laughs> Pete. That's from Jim Goodwin. So, and uh, and that's from Jim Goodwin. That's a fantastic. Email. That's a wonderful story. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Luke Luke appreciates no, it. No, it's funny. I enjoyed that. Um, all right, Ramble Force. Uh, don't know if uh, any of you listened to the Tim- Ramble Force. Oh! Hey! Uh, squadron leader of the Ramble Force here. Uh, I don't know if anybody listened. Any of you listened to the Tim Lovejoy six oh six program oh, after the go. Chelsea Barton mm. game? Well, we have mentioned it on this particular podcast today. Uh, well, he wasn't to know, was he, Marcus? No, he wasn't to know. Um, but we will <laughs> go through what the rest of the email says. Uh, it was a very biased piece of radio, um, but the stuff, <laughs> the stuff he was coming out was with ridiculous. Was ridiculous. Here's a few examples. Barcelona only have one way of playing. It's a pretty good way of playing. <laughs> it isn't bad, is it? <laughs> Putting the ball in the net loads and loads and loads of times. <laughs> Admittedly not against Chelsea, but you know what I mean. Um, Lovejoy said that Messi isn't very good. Can't sc- He can score against rubbish teams in Spain, but not against English teams who play in the best league in the world. Oh, God. <laughs> Didn't Keith it, say did, something? It's like, it's like Tim Lovejoy is shortening my life with his very existence. <laughs> it's like, a walking, me it's like a walking bleach-highlighted cancer on the game of football mm. in general. Didn't didn't Richard Keyes say something? They were talking about mess and he went, well, he plays in a bit of an He's like team. a walking brown-haired cancer on the game of football. <laughs> what did he say? Okay, uh, Richard Keyes, he said, yeah. that, um, is, it, is, is there an argument to be made... That, um, that Messi Spain, plays in a... Spain is a poor league other than outside of Barcelona and Real Madrid, didn't he, or something like that? No. Has anyone seen the fact that in their beloved Premier League, the bottom eight teams have <laughs> amassed yeah. about three wins between yeah. them in about six months? <laughs> it's, yeah. a, a, team's, a team can feasibly stay up on 34 <laughs> points in a 38-game season. Yeah. That's less than a point a game. Yeah. It's not the best league in the world by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> Absolutely. To take your head out of your ass, right, <laughs> and start watching football outside the London area. It's on Sky! Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> All the time! And Channel 5. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> when Izzy, um, who's on the, the show with Tim... She's actually pretty decent. Right. Uh, she pointed out to him that Barca had enjoyed uh, something like 70% of the possession over the two legs and had the same amount of shots as Chelsea um, over the two legs. He replied with, so? Oh, oh, sad, he sad, sad. Oh, bitter man. He was treating what? that woman like a fucking ragdoll what, all through that fucking shot. He was doing wit. <laughs> you know, what? What, what manner mm. and, 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 and wit. The only the- person they managed to get on that criticised Tim Lovejoy directly about being um, biased and, and just plainly stupid was a really nervous Welshman. Out of breath Welshman. Good Colin, wasn't it? Colin the Welshman. Don't, don't hang up on me. And he, and he was so angry, he couldn't yeah. really get everything out. He was going, you're just so biased. You're straight to him. You're a disgraceful broadcast. I don't understand why you're on the air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he kept saying, you're a disgrace, Lovejoy. You're a disgrace, Lovejoy. Yeah. <laughs> and whilst we all agreed with the sentiment, it wasn't the most articulate way of putting his no. mm. But anyway, um, just to round off with that email, that was from Chris, so thank you very thank much you. for that. Just say, we, I, fo- I followed him on, we, we follow him on Twitter. We followed him home. Just so I can see if he says anything funny, so I can yeah. talk about it here. And uh, he, was, he, was, he was just <laughs> saying stuff that was annoying me so much, I actually sent him a little tweet. Saying, um, shit, you haven't got a clue what you're talking about. <laughs> he was saying that Michael, he said, actually said, 
um, that Michael Ballack is one of the most decorated players in Europe, which isn't true at all. No. He's lost so many finals. He's yeah, only absolutely. One of he, he's actually known as um, <laughs> the, the bridesmaid, yeah, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. Which is a <laughs> massively in- undignified name to be known as. Ugly bridesmaid. Mm. You want to cop off with him if you're the best man? Yeah, you would. You would. Oh, yeah. It's uh, James or Jim time. Hey! You're right. Uh, I've got some hilarious goings on from oh. the world of football for you. All right, James and Jim, how are you doing? I'm good. Oh, um, I like you. Yeah, you, you're brilliant in that. Do you want to hear about football ace Cristiano Ronaldo? Yeah. Football ace Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> is buying a red double-decker bus to impress his nieces and nephews. Oh, that's All right. That's nice. The Manchester United winger marvels at the London buses when he's with his team in the capital, and driving a slow bus might be just the job for him, the Daily Star reports. It must just be fucking mental over there. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> um, Ronaldo wants to convert a bus into a play palace for his nieces and nephews when they visit. He plans to drive them around the countryside near his home. This sounds like, like an kind of just gone mental era oasis video I'll have you butler yeah just what Ronaldo River, the, sorry the 120 grand a week player will keep it in the back garden of his 4 million pound mansion Ronaldo revealed his plans to a Portuguese newspaper saying for me the sight of red London buses is what my first thoughts of England were and I can afford to replicate every thought I have ever had <laughs> yeah. um, part of that is me paraphrasing yeah. uh, my nieces and nephews would love to play on one so I'm going to buy them buy one for them. Pals say Ronaldo is looking to splash out around 10 grand and perhaps more to kick it out. His neighbours in Alderley Edge, Cheshire, joked it would be just like 70s TV comedy on the buses. No, they didn't. Reg that no, didn't happen. They didn't. Never, ever happened. Um, we've heard Cristiano wants to buy a bus, which will be a first for this area, because we're all so rich. We've been joking that he'll be able to give us a lift to the shops, but I doubt he'll drive it much. <laughs> Said one local yeah. who didn't. That, you know what that story says to me what can we think of to fill newspaper column space that he's not going to be offended enough to mm. complain about and obviously yeah his neighbours are living in a very very rich area because they're his neighbours so they've put just to add a bit of character and make it believable we've heard Cristiano wants to buy a bus which will be a first for this area <laughs> yeah I guess so before it is like it is one of those rumours that they, that they put in that he's never going to say no. He's never it's going like to Neil, Neil Sean in the um, celebrity sort of uh, showbiz page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. says, I've been talking to Sandra Bullock. And he, he's always talking about Sandra Bullock. He goes, <laughs> uh, and she wants to move to London because she really likes London. She's never going to say, no, I hate London. No, I right. hate yeah. all of you who live there. Yeah. There was something yeah. a while ago saying about how um, Russell Brand really, really likes coffee, so he has a coffee machine, and when he goes to different countries, he needs a different plug extension to use it. It's like, well, he, he, <laughs> he will do, yes. Oh, that's Just great news. Not yeah. news. I don't know about you, love, but I've always found like plug sockets abroad exactly the same <laughs> yeah. as England. Mm. So what's Except Russell's problem? America. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what do you got to say about it, Marcus? Shocking. <laughs> It is all just a big shame. <laughs> yeah. um, moving on, right? Chelsea fans have hatched a plot to get their own back on bungling referee Tom Henning of Raybo by stopping Norway winning the Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> Ooh! The referee turned down four penalty appeals as Chelsea crashed out of the hands no, of Barcelona. It was 17, penalty. 17, of course, sorry, yes. It was 100! This is, this is absurd. Uh, but with Chelsea's hopes of reaching the final for a second consecutive year in tatters, fans are hoping to find consolation by preventing of Raybo's home country from taking glory in this year's Eurovision. An internet campaign the brainchild brainchild is a very very generous wording here of a group of Chelsea fans possibly led by Tim Lovejoy has been launched to drum up enough support across Europe to ensure Norway are deprived of victory but one Blues fan said in the Daily Star they robbed Chelsea of the chance of playing the Champions League semi-final so let's rob them of the Eurovision trophy the possibly slash definitely made up man thinks that the entire (laughs) nation of Norway were behind the referee's decision so they must all suffer because sending him death threats isn't enough is it? It's a disgrace it's a fucking disgrace guaranteed he doesn't even know where Norway is he's not a real person he'd never heard of Norway he's not a real person no it's never happened God. That guy probably hates Eurovision like everyone else anyway. Mm. If you stand Norway up on its most southern point and let its most northern point fall fall southwards, what country would it land in? France. (laughs) Portugal. Morocco. Really? Oh, mm-hmm. that's great stuff. That's a great little that's a long pointless old fact. You've, you've rescued that. <laughs> <laughs> so vote for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for no other reason to annoy Chelsea fans. Yeah, absolutely. If you are listening and you, and you are one of the judges... Of By the, the way, could I, I apologise on behalf of the show for not reading out any of the Chelsea fans' emails? Because they might feel a bit hard done by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I've uh, got one more. 
this is from a website called Sports Rubbish, which is uh, quite good. Um, Ronaldo's Corinthians team won this year's Palista Championship in Brazil, beating Santos. During the trophy presentation, a group of players and team executives, including Captain William, were lifted into the air as the fans cheered on. The platform was spouting fireworks and paper streamers were then fired off towards everyone who was holding the trophy. Those of you who are aware that paper is flammable <laughs> can guess what happened next. I saw that, a yeah. giant ball of flame engulfed William, but somehow everyone managed to pull all of the streamers off of him before he was burned alive. That's so, going a bit far. Listen to I, this. That's going a bit far. Right, listen to this, right? There's, there's no further explanation f- for this from this site. To make matters worse, he was then denied a bank loan. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a day I'm having. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you just won the Polish Championship. Yeah, I know, but I'll set I'm on fire. Set on I didn't fire. get a bank loan. Yeah, I didn't get a bank loan. By yeah. the way, can I just say, a giant ball of flame is a, is a, is a bit generous. Yeah, I've seen the video yeah. in it. Uh, he, he's, he does appear to be legitimately on fire, but it's for only for about three I seconds. I would not yeah. give a man who was flammable. Which is now in the fit and proper person says. <laughs> I, I, was, I was watching it and I thought to myself... Well, giddy, aren't the crystal domes a bit flashy? these days? <laughs> yeah, it, does, it did look like that. Yeah. Oh, well done to uh, Ronaldo's Corinthians, though. Yeah. Mm. He's right back among the goals, isn't he? Mm. Adriano signed for Flamengo as well, didn't he? He has indeed. He has. Yeah. I mean, I see them saying that, um, they were saying that the, the chairman of Flamengo says, oh, we're just waiting for him to sign, you know, sign on the details and the contract's ready and, and when, he, when he finally signs, we're, we're going to throw a big party for him. And I was thinking, that's probably no. not what he needs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, a big party in Brazil is not what he needs. No. Not, no. Ladies and gentlemen, it's profile time. And this week, we're going to be putting a football team in, but a football team with a difference. That's good, because they can play the New York Cosmos in um, Atletico Bilbao. Atletico Bilbao, there. absolutely. In the most Atletico. bizarre tournament <laughs> <laughs> that's ever taken place. That's right. The team is FC St. Pauli. Hey. Now, most of you probably won't know who they are. Well, at the end of this, you will do. Is it Pauli or Pauli? Pauli. Okay. Um, they are a German sports-based club in the St. Pauli quarter of Hamburg. And uh, the football department is, a, is is the big one. They've got a football department? Well, they have a football, they have like a football a club. It's like a massive German version of JJB. They have a football club, obviously. Uh, but they also have rugby, uh, American football, baseball, bowling, boxing, chess, cycling, handball, chess. skittles, softball and table tennis teams. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> is chess really a sport? It is in Germany. Oh, cool. Don't have a go at chess. I'm not having a go at chess. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> questioning the validity of the, the categorisation. Yeah. Don't have a go at chess. I'm not having a go at chess. <laughs> Stop chess. having a go at me for having a go at chess when I'm not having a go at chess. He'll be slagging back, Gavin, in a minute. He doesn't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not claiming to understand it. Oh, pass the pigs. Is that not a spot? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I could do draft. Yeah. Damn. Anyway, uh, back to Football Club St. Pauli. The club began its uh, existence in 1899 when a loose, informal group of uh, football enthusiasts got together and started kicking a ball around. But officially, they um, they came to place in, in 1910. Their nickname is the Pirates of the League. You'll find out why in a very short time. Good nickname, the Pirates. Mm. That's right. Um, they... This is quite... It, the, the team played... Um, in the kind of lower to mid uh, leagues in Germany. Um, but in 1934, they made their first appearance in the top flight um, in one of the 16 premier level divisions which were created in the reorganisation of German football that took place under the Third Reich. Oh. So six, 16 premier divisions. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, not bad, those imagine, leagues. Yeah. <laughs> imagine how Richard Keyes would love that, wouldn't he? <laughs> That's right. Football every night. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Steve Ryder wouldn't like it. Oh, football again. God. Just let, me, <laughs> let me play Nazi golf. Where's the golf? Um, but in 1963, that's when the Bundesliga came along and uh, teams like Ham- Hamburg, SV, Werder Bremen and, and all the rest were in there. But St Pauli uh, were in the second tier of German football. And in the 60s and the 70s, St Pauli uh, were in the second and third tiers of, of German football. But it was in the mid-80s was when St Pauli really became what they're all about today. And they they were tra- transformed from, from a, I suppose, a regular footballing club to a cult club, and that's when it all began. Now, the, the club turned its location of its ground, and they're, they're, the ground is in the dock area of Hamburg, which is obviously famous for its its nightlife and red light district. And but docks. It, and all the rest of it. But it t- they turned that round to its advantage, and an alternative fan scene emerged... Um, 
and a lot of the fans leaning towards the left uh, with politics, they created an event and a party atmosphere uh, at the club's matches. And the supporters adopted the skull and crossbones. That's brilliant. As their unofficial emblem, hence the Pirates of the League. Um, but importantly, and this is the real big thing about them, um, is St. Pauli became the first team in Germany to officially ban right-wing nationalist activities and uh, dis- uh, and displays in its stadium, which in an era when fascism was, was all the thing with football hooliganism and threatened the game across Europe. And in 1981, St. Pauli were averaging crowds of 1,600 spectators. By the late 90s, they frequently were getting 20,000 into their into their stadium which was obviously a sellout uh, in the 90s the media uh, really picked up on St Pauli and their cult image and uh, it focused very much on the, the punk part of their fan base and that's where that's when the, the, the nickname Pirates of the League really began to kind of come to the forefront but uh, in, the, in the late 80s 80, 88 to 91 they were in the Bundesliga but they weren't there for very long and as I say they tend to operate in Germany's kind of second tier mm. um their most recent appearance in the Bundesliga was 2001-2002, um, but unfortunately finished last. Oh. But they did beat Bayern it's Munich. Five. They did. <laughs> they did beat Bayern Munich two-one, and Bayern Munich were the World Club Championship winners then. So uh, St. Pauli had uh, T-shirts printed of World Club Championship beaters, <laughs> that printed out and sold quite a few. Haven't of they them. got like an openly gay chairman or something? Yeah. They have to. Well, we'll come on to him in a minute. They've, got, they've also got like a lot of like celebrity sort of. Um, Kind of goth musician followers. They're like a goth football team. It's really odd. Yeah, it's a kind of a sort of a punk goth yeah, kind of like thing a, there. Sounds amazing. Alternative scene mm. football team. That's right. Yeah. Well, uh, St. Pauli enjoy a very certain fame for their left-wing uh, characteristics of its supporters, and, and most of the team's fans regard themselves as anti-fascist, anti-racist, anti-sexist, um, and anti-homophobic. Um, and this is brought them into conflict with a lot of the neo-Nazis and hooligans at away games um, but as I say the, 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 the football club has taken a big stance against racism fascism, sexism, homophobia and, uh, and that's really what they're all about they have, and they have a huge following as well the club prides itself on having the largest number of female fans in all of German football and in 2002 advertisements for the men's magazine Maxim were removed from the team stadium in response to fan protests over the sexist depictions of women in the ads <laughs> it's not the antithesis of everything football's about in this game. Yeah, absolutely, it is. Absolutely. absolutely. And St. Pauli can boast more season ticket holders than many Bundesliga teams. And, uh, and uh, one study recently suggested that there's roughly a mil- 11 million fans throughout Germany that are St. Pauli fans. Yeah, I, I think the, uh, from what I've heard, the actual attendances at the German football in the, in the leagues in Germany are actually really good as well. So it's even more of an achievement, really. Definitely. Mm, absolutely. It well, sounds like it's. it's all, I mean, it sounds like it's. It's more of a lifestyle choice. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's, it's making a statement about your personal yeah, views definitely. rather than just supporting a team. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think so, yeah. Which is, which is well, there's, two, there's 200 registered fan clubs, uh, many of them outside of Germany for mm. them. It's so weird for a, a club to have so much of an overtly political wing anyway, yeah. whichever yeah. side, right or left. Really. That's well, right. It, no, it is right, right where Pasha throws a little, you know, they're always just little toe rags and stuff. And you've, you've got like, <laughs> and you've got Lazio and, play, and, and teams like that. But, Nazi, but, I think. It, it is more prevalent in Italy, I think. But outside of Italy, definitely not. Yeah, I think you're mm. right. That's it. They also, uh, St. Pauli also um, have close links with uh, many other foreign clubs, particularly with, with Glasgow Celtic. Um, St. Pauli fans attend Celtic games on the continent when they, they play away in Europe. And their flags, uh, St. Pauli flags and scarves, can be uh, frequently seen um, on display at Celtic Park. And the official Celtic stores even sell St. Pauli merchandise. (laughs) Um, I think that the link, they suggest the link um, is perhaps because uh, the main rivals of both sides, obviously Rangers for Celtic and Hamburg SV uh, for St. Pauli, they have links as well. So perhaps Mm. it's uh, it's a reaction to that. In Israel, St. Pauli is identified with Hapoel Tel Aviv FC. and, and and Tel Aviv FC also see themselves as anti-racist and anti-fascist. Um, and in and in some of their home games, you can see St. Pauli flags waved in the stadium as well. Starting a whole movement. I'll be happy yeah. for them to, to join with Portsmouth. That'd be amazing. <laughs> never going to happen. <laughs> we'll ne- tell you what, you go spend an afternoon at Fratton Park, you know it will never happen. <laughs> <laughs> if you get what I mean. Well, one thing that's going to please you, Luke, is uh, they, they open their home matches, every home matches, uh, with ACDC's Hell's Bells. Oh, <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely superb. Yeah, and they also... Um, the the 
and looking at St Pauli as a, the sports club as a wider thing, the, the women's rugby team have won six national titles. So, um, well done to them as well. Mm. They've got it all covered. But uh, as you mentioned before, the, the club's president, uh, Corny Lippman, is a, <laughs> is a character, not only by name but by nature as well. He set up the Schmidt Theatre in Hamburg and he's the managing director of two theatres and in 1999 was named Hamburg Entrepreneur of the Year. He is openly gay and works in the nude. <laughs> fit and proper person's test. Yeah, is, yeah. There, is there a generic fit and proper person's test joke there? <laughs> <laughs> Works in the nude. Brilliant. Does he attend the games in the nude? That would be <laughs> even better. Um, and uh, I'd like to finish by just... I think this kind of sums them up quite nicely. The club has been active uh, with charity work, and in 2005, um, the fans of the club initiated the Viva Con Agua de Skank Pauli campaign, which collects money for water dispensers for schools in Cuba. Oh, brilliant. Oh. Brilliant. Superb stuff. So, uh, I think we're having them. We this are. St Pauli, come on, come in. on in. Come on in. <laughs> He's really swinging to this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's ringing hell's bell. Swinging everywhere. <laughs> he's ringing his hell's bell. <laughs> hey. hey! Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of this edition of the Football Ramble. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you would like to get in contact with us, the email address is podcast at thefootballramble.com. We have a myspace.com forward slash football ramble. We have a group on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Last FM. I call it Twatter. You could do. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little example of the hilarity that spews yeah. forth from my mouth at all times. Yeah. Just an example of one of the laughs you have. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. We <laughs> have enjoy a laughs. Hey, mate, if you're like cracking funnies like that, you should get on Twitter, yeah, and just tell everyone about it every time you do it, yeah? <laughs> You do like, like you do, Pete, yeah? yeah. Can you tell them for me? Hi- <laughs> highlights of Pete's Twitter involve what? how many Michael Bublé stickers can I stick to my torso? Don't deny it, that was one I of yours. I can't remember that one. Yeah. Um, we also have a website, which is thefootballramble.com. Pete has another website, which is drawyourdad.com. So it is marvellous. Yeah, I'll draw mine and I'll put him up. He looks like Marvin Monroe from The Simpsons. Mm. Oh. Not in real life, just in that picture. Yeah. I need to draw my dad and give it to you personally so you can upload it, because I don't have a scanner, but yeah. Well, you do it I will pace. get it to you. Do, do it in paint. paint. I don't paint. Yeah, I can't find paint on my computer. I'm right. sure it's there. Marcus, she was saying something. Yeah. Um, I just want you to say goodbye, James or Jim. <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye, Peter. Goodbye. And goodbye, Luke. Uh, hell's bells. <laughs> We're all off to do the fit and proper persons test in the nude. Goodbye. First time. Speelt de bal. Heel goed naar Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp neemt de bal aan. Dennis Bergkamp. Oh! Frank de Boer speelt de bal aan Dennis Bergkamp. Die neemt de bal feilloos aan. En hij schiet de bal erin. We spelen nog officieel 20 seconden. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.